Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. We've got uh, Joe C. here with us today, a patching in from uh, Toronto area, right? Yes, the, the, it, it, the widely recognized greater Toronto area from uh, Picton, <laughs> Ontario, actually, is where I am. Is that kind of like I say I'm from L.A. just because it's when, when I'm really from Redondo Beach and you just don't want to confuse people, right? With yeah, all the it, little... it, it, Exactly. People know where the airport is. Exactly. Yeah. It's in Toronto. And uh, Tom's with us as well. Uh, how's it going today, Tom? I'm from I'm from the greater Ashland City, Tennessee area. Yeah, we had some bad storms last night. We had some tornadoes come through here, but we didn't get touched by them. And but some people around here, some we we lost we we lost some people to tornadoes uh, in this area last night. My sister lives in Tennessee, as you know, and uh, she yeah. was not affected by it. But uh, it's scary, man. Like I, now, I've got a couple of people uh, care about in in that area who like I need to yeah. worry about uh, Wizard of Oz things happening to them, and not the fun part of Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, not the part where your house just gets removed re- or moved over to Oz. Yeah, well, I'm so glad it was, you're it, was, okay. it was it was pretty it was scary, but it was uh, we're 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 safe and sound. Good. Well, uh, Joe had a, an idea for a topic for today, and I'm super stoked to get going on it. Um, it has to do with humility and the willingness to be wrong. Right? Um, how do you? How would you like to define it, Joe? It really is um, for me for my emotional sobriety. I'm at a competent level of emotional sobriety when I'm not embarrassed to be wrong. I'm going to be wrong a lot. And that's just sort of accepting the way things are. I, I was in a conversation and I, I remember being embarrassed to be wrong and said, why would you be embarrassed? And that's a, a really good point. There's a book called Being Wrong, which I would recommend uh, mm. anybody uh, read because the point is made what does it feel like to be wrong what would you say well it just reminds me of my smallness it reminds me of my insignificance uh in the universe i suppose because um being right quote unquote my kind of like lived experience with it is you're just trying to get your like you're trying to grasp um a complex issue i mean uh it doesn't even need to be complex you're just trying to kind of like use language and you're, you're trying to use your mind to kind of like uh, to get a leg up on something external to yourself. And for me, my own kind of ego gets bound up in like, you know, I, 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 I w- would really like to have mastery, you know, over uh, the, any topic, really, if I'm being honest, that uh, I am discussing with anybody. Um, but I am not a master of many, well, but, if but not that, all topics. That, but that, that's how you that's how you become a, ma- a master of anything. First of all, master does not mean perfect. But but master to be master, I don't think there's anybody who has mastery over anything who who probably doesn't have a a good grip on this idea of of it's okay to be wrong, because that's how that's how we learn. I mean, when I when my response to that is, I had two two categories, Joe. I thought if I at times I can remember when I, when I think think when I'm wrong and I realize I've I've really maybe, maybe dug in and and about something I thought I was right about and and someone is because of that someone is is uh, hurt by that I have one response which is I think appropriate guilt you know it's like I, and and I think you know and again uh, appropriate guilt I always say appropriate guilt is like 
those those rum, rumble strips on the side of the highway where yeah. it, you know when you're getting off it, it wakes you up and gets you back on the road again and so that's what conscience is but uh, but i'm proud to say that that the other part about that just being wrong for discussing things if, if we have a discussion about something here and I have a position on it and b by the end of the discussion or in the middle of the discussion, one of you guys says something that makes me realize, Oh, you're, you're, you're thinking on this is better than mine. I'd like, I'd like to adopt yours. Um, uh, I actually feel good about it because I don't, I don't think in those cases, I don't think of wrong as a punctuation. It's just, it's just a part of the process. It's like, you know, I need to, I need to, I need to make an adjustment, you know, I want, cause I can, I mean, my God, I can think back in my life and think, you know, back at so-and-so time, I believed this, you know, yeah. and I, and it's like at this point, I don't, or in terms of humility, a lot of times I look back in my life and I was, and I always say you could be a fundamentalist, anything. Uh, I used to have a friend I called a fundamentalist hippie. Uh, and, huh. and you could, but, but there were times in my younger life where I believed, I believed things and I just believed them to be absolute. You know, I just, I was just, I was, this is the truth. This is the way the universe works. This is what, you know, da, 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 you know, and, and with aging, uh, you know, come, comes the, the, the one, the, the particular brand of humility, which is, you know, there's a lot of shit, most shit I don't know. And most shit I don't control. And it's like, well, to me, I, I put in, I actually, I put in embracing fear, those, those, the ever increasing list of those two things, things I don't control and things I don't know, basically is, is what makes up my wisdom. It was kind of a trick question for me. What I feel like when I'm wrong is mm -hmm. I feel right. What both of you described is what ah. the feeling of knowing I'm wrong is. Because oh, often oh, oh. when I'm wrong, I feel right. I'm driving faster in the wrong direction to get there quicker and getting right. further and further away. Oh, amen to that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Good trick question. No, that's a, yeah. you're right. We, we both jumped ahead. To, to, yeah, to, what, exactly. What does it feel, and, and what, what does it feel that, like to have awareness? You know, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. And so often when I'm wrong, I'm unaware of being wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's not only as individuals, even organizations, when they're afraid to try something new, because what if it's not the right choice? Mm -hmm. Whatever happened to trial and correction, trial and correction, mm -hmm. you know, pioneering, experimenting, uh, keep trying uh, different things until we find something optimal until mm -hmm. that stops working and try something else again. And uh, a lot of organizations have a tend away for there's a, a change resistance because they don't want to be wrong. Well, what's his name? Robert Keegan, uh, the psychologist does a, a lot of things, but industrial psychology in one way. And he, he has a book called uh, immunity to change. Uh, and, and it's like, it's when you read, when you read what he means by immunity to change, it's like, it's that, it's that really deep down resistance we have to change. And he talks about it both in the, 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 the as individuals and as organizations, he works with organizations to get that. But of course, what you have to do to, to change the organization is change the individuals. Cause that's, 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 that's just, that comes with being human, I think, or at least Western humans are this way. Yeah. Well, I, uh, but, uh oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, 
Go right ahead, Joe. You go first. I, I was just going to say, like, what can we do to uh, support each other uh, in our wrongness? Like, like I don't want to be wrong because I'm afraid of what you'll think of me. Right. I know I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the time, right? Um, but you know, do is it my perception, or do we? place these expectations of, uh, you know, you know, hitting the ball nine out of 10 times instead of three out of right. 10 times, which makes you a hall of famer. Right. Right. Well, I think, uh, I've always had kind of a, uh, fantasy of, I would love to be like the clear, intelligent voice in the room that others gravitate towards, you know, uh, thinking of myself in the third person, I guess. And, uh, and so the, the stakes for being wrong, quote unquote, in a context like that are kind of high, right? Because uh, if you're, you know, people think you're full of shit, then, you know, you're not going to be that uh, gravitational force in the room. Well, except for except for one of the things I, that I that I recognize in my life is, is that one of the ways you can identify wisdom is, is people who are wise are, are the most comfortable people in the world with that sentence, I don't know. Yeah, you know, and I think we could add to that. I'm, I might be wrong about that. I mean, I think that's it. And see, that's and I think it has to do with emotional sobriety because, and this is one of the things we can support each other with specifically, but we can also just support the community, uh, uh, our, our community that way by 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 just consciously changing this policy. Really, is to say it's it's an okay thing to do. As a matter of fact, it's a good thing. To be, we're all going to be wrong. So if you're not recognizing that you're wrong some of the time, you're obviously not seeing. You're missing some things. Well, so you know, I, so it's even a positive thing that we can recognize. When, when you know, give an example of when you were wrong about something that you when you learned you were wrong, you were able to make a positive correction. Well, you're gonna um, you know uh, wrinkle up your nose at this, Tom, but I, I think you're quite wise. Um, you're an example of somebody who I think listens uh, more than you uh, bloviate, and um, I uh, I can't help but think of politics and my discourse of, of politics with people over the, especially mm -hmm. over the past few years mm -hmm. in the context of wrongness and rightness, and um, and I think like what happens sometimes on Facebook is I'll get these little pings of like memories from five years ago this is some shit that you said and uh and then i'll oh, see i, I hate those oh God, yeah those. no but they're, <laughs> they're instructive because um i'll see this thing that i uh, bloviated uh back then and uh most of the time i have kind of evolved a bit i wouldn't say that you know 10 out of 10 times you know um uh, i it, I, have, I have a completely contrary opinion but it just it, there is is like a um, progression, I guess, of like the way that I think and the way that yeah. I communicate. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, especially lately, you know, um, I mean, these days it's ne there's never not something that uh, inflames people's passions. Um, and uh, and uh, so making it a conversation <laughs> um, rather than just talking at people about your point of view, I think, is a way that I'm learning little by little to circumvent kind of the putting the onus of rightness or wrongness on any one position. Well, and just also making, yeah. that makes me think too, also taking wrongness and rightness out of an all or none category, you know, we, we, we put, we either or so much stuff, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. you know, the, the idea of, 
I mean, it's just, this is kind of a silly example, but I was telling a, a, a client of mine was afraid to get, she was afraid she was going to get fired from her job, uh, you know, and, and, and she was feeling embarrassed by it. So, and so I, I just, share, I said, I shared that I said, I, I actually, in my days when I was employed by other people, you know, I lost count of how many times I was fired and she, she you know, she kind of was, was shocked by that. And, and, but what I was saying to her was, was, you know, I, and I hadn't thought about it in this category, but it, but the, the truth is, in, in most, except for maybe one example, one exception, the reasons I was fired, uh, or also in other cases, the reasons I quit a job abruptly were were good reasons. They were based on my my value system. You know, I was I was bucking the system, right. and I, I got fired. I don't. There's not one of those that I don't stand by today. However, how I handled it was was so off i was so wrong it's like you know i i was such i was such a uh egotist with that stuff and i was just you know i was just shoving my beliefs down somebody's throat and i was insisting that they buy it you know hook line and sinker or, or i'm done it's like so i was wrong in so many ways but in the midst of all of that stuff then when we come down to some of the basics and go like no i still believe i still have the same basic belief system you know yeah but boy could i have done that better <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the the um, the baked in hope of our capacity to uh, or, well, you know, the extent to which we can allow ourselves to be wrong um, and still move forward is that uh, we can change, you know, like the inability to like the unwillingness to allow ourselves to be wrong. Right. Is yeah. is, a, is another way of saying that um, we're completely fixed in our position and, uh, you know, there's we're, we're we're completed projects right and there's nothing mm -hmm. there's no direction left for us mm -hmm. to go mm -hmm. and uh god like especially in the context of what you just said tom about uh you know fuck ups of the past and just kind of mm -hmm. wishing you had a redo like yeah. um i've been i've been uh i'm in a very fresh breakup right now um but my mind has been going lately to uh ages ago breakup like 10 years mm -hmm. ago or more mm -hmm. um that I couldn't could not have handled worse. I mean, maybe there's a <laughs> multiverse where I handle it worse, but like I was at the at the like my most childish and immature and just kind of like um and anyway, I I think about my behaviors during that time and just how outrageous it all was. And uh boy, am I glad that uh I've made some strides away from that because uh that was just ridiculous. I don't even recognize that guy anymore. Well, but the upside is it gives you something to do when you get to steps eight and nine. <laughs> Yeah. A lot, a lot of material to sort through. You know, it's like you're oh, right about yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> my marriage is, a, is has been a good teacher to this too, because because it's one of those places where um, I probably wasn't this way early on in our relationship, but but it's not. An, I would say it's not unusual. I wouldn't say it's every time, but it's not unusual that Dee Dee and I will have a conversation or have a problem with something and disagreement. And we'll, and we, because we don't, we, we now communicate in a way that doesn't blow everything up and send everything south. We just have a com communication about it, conversation about it. And I may walk away from those conversations and during the course of the next few, whether it be minutes, hours, or days, I may, I, I may come back to Didi and just say, you know, I've been thinking about what you said, you know, and I really think you're, you're right about so-and-so. It's not even so much about me being wrong as much as just acknowledging that the other person had a point that I was arguing against in the old days, talk about the obnoxious days in the old days, I, because I would just dig in and, and because my, 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 because my self-esteem was, was, was connected to my being right. 
You know, that's that's one of the, you know, we, we get to choose our sources of self-esteem. And the idea of being right all the time doesn't need to be one of those sources. You know, the source right. of self-esteem I want is that I that I'm open to learning. So in in doing that, I want to see I want to see the glitches. I want to find the mistakes that I'm making so that I can correct and, and grow. Yeah, I, I just said I, I want to find that childlikeness too. that, you know, just mm. everything is the scientific method when you're a child. Try this yeah. and then try that, you know, trying to right. learn, ride a bike. Uh, being right. on a treasure hunt or hunting for Easter eggs, right? You don't give up when it's not in the first place you look. You just, you keep going and the the uh, tension and the excitement mounts. It doesn't... How is that such a great example? Because you, you also, the Easter night, you don't lay in bed thinking, you know, oh man, I really I really could have done better looking for eggs. And my, 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 whole, <laughs> my whole model was off. I need to, I, before next year, I need to really work on this. It's like, no, you just had what you got, what you got. I'm in a uh, sort of phase of life where elder care is part of what I'm doing. My aging father and his wife i'm uh, staying with them just to help out where i can and i held some preconceptions about my dad about him being competent at things i'm not competent about building mm -hmm. things fixing things like mm -hmm. and in my sort of simple brain he was good at that i'm not but mm -hmm living with him I, I get to watch him he just keeps trying till he uh -huh. solves it he goes well there i found another way that doesn't work so eliminate that what's the next mm -hmm. one and and he's he doesn't get frustrated as it as it mounts he gets more curious and more uh almost there's a buildup of positive energy as he's getting closer and closer. He, he, he becomes out. invested in it. He's invested. He, yes. he, he, he really, it's a project he wants to, he wants to see through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's I, a, I don't know if it's a, a folk tale or true, but Thomas Edison, it took him 14,000 experiments to create the incandescent light bulb. And right. he was interviewed by a young reporter, 10,000 experiments in and ask the question, what is it like to know you failed 10,000 times at the same experiment? And he said, young man, you're young and you don't quite understand the way of life yet, but I have not. I've successfully, inequivocally found 10,000 ways that will never work. That's We're getting closer. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's so inspiring to me. Um, I my in my family, and it's um, mostly on the um, women's side. So my uh, mom and my sister, they really like those jigsaw puzzles. You know, the more pieces, the better. And they'll just sit there for over a period of days and put these uh, exquisite, you know, uh, puzzles together. Um, yeah. The act of doing that, of like you've got these teensy little pieces, and you're just trying one, and you're trying to, and you know, the tenacity of just following that through till to completion. I never had the patience for that, um, but like I, I, that's a metaphor. I don't know. I, I'll kind of bring sometimes to all of life's long-term pursuits, um, where something needs to be kind of constructed through trial, trial and error um, over a, a long period of time. And I really have. I mean, I've come around to believing that it's really the tenacity, it's the follow-through, rather than just some like innate. Um, 
God-given talent, you know, that like brings yeah. people to these amazing uh, plateaus. It's just, they sit there and they sift like Thomas Edison did. Right. And they just kind of, you know, they X uh, op out option after option after option until they finally get to the one that's closest to the idea they had in their mind. Right? What are our sources of self-esteem? What, you know, it's like what, and other, and, and, and our value system that, that can be just translated into what, what's, what's more, what's more important. What's, what's the most important. It's like, and so if we're, I'm using an example of if my, if my way of thinking is, if learning is, is, is mo mo most important, if that's what I'm, if that's what makes me feel good about myself, if that's what raises my, my self-esteem and gives me, gives me more confidence, then, then I, you know, I, I can do the Thomas Edison way and I can, I can fail and fuck up things uh, numerous times as long as I am, feel like I'm in a process of, of learning. And that, that has to do yeah. with my attitude. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that, you know, that bet between, you know, Eight eight thousand and nine thousand. You know, he you know he he didn't necessarily feel great about whatever was going on, but but it's like the truth is he he stuck it out because because you know sorting sorting through what doesn't work to get to what what does work is the way to do it. Self esteem and being right and wrong. I it also occurs to me. Um, it reminds me of something a therapist said to me a while ago, um, and I still. Uh, struggle with it sometimes it seems so counterintuitive but the whole kind of uh you are enough uh piece um mm -hmm. you know uh when she when she said you know uh you right now everything that you're kind of bringing to the table um that's uh that that should be enough that's plenty to work with you know what i mean like you can lead with that foot and uh it just really fucked with me because i was you know of course i'm not enough you know look at xyz all these uh, qualities that uh, I'm completely lacking um, that uh, look at the, look at the five people next to me, you know what I mean? They have in spades and, and I'm just, you know, lesser than, do you guys ever tell that to people that they're enough? And do they greet you with the same kind of like confoundedness <laughs> that I must have could, uh, yeah. I must have. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar. It's, it's uh, you bring in one, one of the, one of the, the, Th reasons that happens is because we are we are brought up to 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 measure ourselves in everything but measure ourselves in comparison to 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 everybody else and every everything else what you went to immediately was look at this guy and look at that guy and th this guy man when i do that and i do and i do that it's like i can i can do that i'm reading a new book by alan lightman who's who's like this physicist novelist you know, pianist, he's everything. It's like, like, I mean, you know, and, and I, he's one of those, he's one of those guys in my life that I, I love reading his books. And every now and then, if I start, or, or uh, if I, if, if I start thinking, you know, what have I done compared to this guy? It's like, it's, it's, that's a horrible thing for me to do to myself, you know, because I'm just measuring accomplishments and it's in that. And, and when your therapist said you're enough, she's not talking about accomplishments. She's talking, she's really talking about your being, your soul. I mean, uh, she seemed to like me. I don't know why, but uh, at the time I was such a mess. Um, but uh, if we didn't like people who hated themselves, I mean, we, you know, we, we would, we would not be talking to a lot of people. Uh, but, but I mean, the, the idea is you've done that where you, you're in a position where you can see the, the, you can see the good in somebody when they can't see it in themselves. Yeah. I mean, I try to take notice of that. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of yeah i mean i i think i do give people uh 
I do um, make allowances for uh, for all the struggles that different people have that I uh, have difficulty making for myself. Um, well, you and you and you're you're somebody. I I think it's fair to say because I you know, I'm doing this using the clinical principle of it takes one to know one. But the whole idea of um, what I call the dangerous double standard. You know, you just apply you 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 know you apply a different standard to yourself than you do to anybody else. I mean, that's you know if, if you're saying these mean things to yourself, you say okay. Would, if a friend of yours was doing the, going through the exact same thing, is that what you would say to your friend? And the answer is is almost always, and maybe always, no. I wouldn't say that to another person. You know, we say we we you know we listen to that that should monster in our head, and we and we save that particular abuse for ourselves. That's not the most valuable um, piece of information or, or or assessment going on in our head. You need you learn you learn from a therapist who says you're enough. You know, then you get you get curious, like what Joe's saying. It's like it's so when you're confounded, and this this we don't do this enough. If somebody says something that we don't get, rather than say I don't get it, just get it. Say, like, help me understand that. How do you explain it? You know, you're asking it of us, but, but it's like yeah. I mean, you could you know, if we go back, you could even ask it of the therapist to explain that to me because that this makes no sense to me. I wonder. I wish we were in mixed company for this question, but is it part of male programming? Uh, is there something about vulnerability and being yeah. wrong and being seen as wrong uh, that uh, is harder? the way we've been programmed uh, in our maleness uh, than it would be in sort of, and I'm talking very cliches, you know, this yeah. sort of binary male, female experience, but, um, but there is a vulnerability to not knowing, to not having the answers, to not, to trying something and, and falling on my ass. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I wonder uh, how much of that is uh, programming, how much of that is self-image. Um, well, how far back it goes. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could, we'll, we'll need to ask some women that question to to, to find out that their perspective. But it, it makes sense to me. It sounds, you know, it it uh, it it, um, it reminds me of, of what I call the 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 white hat addiction that that I see, and anything we say is mm -hmm. is, is gender specific. You know, there's there's a, there's lots of uh, you know uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, examples where it's not true, but um, but the white hat addiction I I see uh, so many of us males experience, which is it's, it's just like incredibly difficult, feels impossible to be seen by the outside world as anything but the good guy. You know, yeah. and and because because when I look back at my history, my history, my 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 long ago history of dr drinking and drugging and stuff, it's like I, one of the most amazing things that I can think of is is I can look at the things that I did, how I treated people, the choices I made, and and uh, be absolutely, if I'm telling the story, you know, appropriately embarrassed by that. And go, but but I what I remember about myself at the time was I always thought I was the good guy. Yeah, you know, never never saw myself as you know, never the hat wasn't even dingy. It was always white. I was always the hero. I was the guy that was coming in, and it's like that's just not accurate. I mean, so part 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 of what we're talking about is that essence of humility that's basically realizing just we're human. 
And and we're not, you know, we're not. We're, I say that to, to men a lot of times. It's like we're not always going to be the good guy, you know. And and I don't mean I don't mean we have to all or none it, but it's it's like sometimes we sometimes the the best thing the good guy we the good guy can do is step up and, and own what we've done wrong. Say, so, so, you know, I'm no, I was wrong. I made a mistake. I I'm so sorry that I, or sincerely so sorry that I treated you that way. This may have been you who said this recently, Tom, um, or, you know, or it could have been at, at a different meeting, but um, this idea that um, loving yourself and being mm -hmm. honest with yourself, you know, it's the, the latter is more important, you know, um, an attitude of honesty towards our own behavior, yeah. as, as much as we can manage that, you know, in an objective sense, um, well, which doesn't exclude self-love, but it's kind of like um, it's a, it's a, it's something it's a foothold that it can be a lot more constructive right. in the long well, term. Well, I, I don't, I don't know if I've said that, but you know, what I say is, 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 um, my measure at the end of the day is, is not self-love, it's self-respect. It's, is is how, you know, and, and I do believe one, one leads to the other. I mean, I think, I think over time, you know, you're, if, if you're, if you're living a life of self-respect, then, you know, that you're, you're going to find that it's possible to, 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 to love yourself. But, what we're really talking about and this is the, to me the, the for me the the key to emotional sobriety is it's integrity it's like if i you know if i feel even if i'm feeling horrible at the end of the day if i if i feel like i did the best job i could do to be the best version of myself or even if i have recognized ways that i i need to, to improve upon that and i and i know i know that i am i am sincerely determined to do better tomorrow you know i can feel good about myself not perfect, not the best guy in the world, but I, but I can, I can feel solid. And that's, and I think that's what the measure you know, at the end of the day, but also at the end of our lives, you know, how, how did we, how, how do we feel about the person we were? And, and that's the essence of emotional sobriety for me is to, to be enough under any circumstances just yes. to, uh, and again, I'm uh, channeling, uh, the wisdom of a loved one, just show up, Joe. Mm -hmm. That's your job. Just show up, right? Don't have to have all the answers. Don't have to solve all the problems. Just mm -hmm. show up, contribute, be curious, be thoughtful, and uh, try to, you know, figure it out. It's not like life is this puzzle that there's a right answer to, and I've got to right. find it. <laughs> right. Well, I'll give you a sticky thicket of a uh, situation uh, that I got into recently, and you can tell me uh, ways that the emotional sobriety can be expanded, I suppose. Uh, tell me how, or tell me how I'm fucking up. Um, okay, <laughs> so there's a gal that I I know through a friend's group. She's very um, fun and pretty, and uh, I, uh, I've only seen her a couple times, but uh, when I fell off the cliff and I was in my period of, you know, just not feeling too great. And one of the members of this friends group came to me in the hospital and we hung out and stuff. And anyway, I let it slip that uh, I thought she was pretty. And, you know, do you think she'd go out with me sometime? And so anyway, he uh, being the very nice guy that he is uh, passed that information along and, you know, just played the, uh, this guy's in the hospital card, you know, could you make a wish, uh, <laughs> you uh -huh. know, get in touch with him. And so, uh, but anyway, um, she is, uh, a Zionist and um she um uh and then all this stuff 
popped off with uh, October 7th and Gaza and, and whatnot. And um, I am very um, pro, I would describe myself as very pro-human. I'm very uh, yeah. stalwart um, against any form of bigotry or anti-Semitism. Um, and uh, also um, just very, uh, just mournful for the loss of life, uh, both in Israel uh, on, uh, on October 7th but then subsequently, very much so uh, in the bombing of, of Gaza and, you know, just the tremendous loss of mm, life. Sure. Um, and um, anyway, so she got in touch with me. We started texting each other and I had the idea that, uh, well, let, you know, let me make this the one relationship I have in my life where I don't um, I, I, we, we don't venture into politics uh, right out the gate. Or maybe let's mm. just not talk about it because I would really like to uh, start a conversation with this person independent of that and just get to know her and let's just see if we can keep that on a separate track and then but i see i should have been known better that like modern dating now the first thing that any uh perspective date will do is do a deep dive on all the things you've ever posted on social media and kind of put a uh a procedural like do a kind of like an analysis like a hot spots mm -hmm. analysis mm -hmm. of uh mm -hmm. every everything you've ever said and um and as anyway so she was on my social media for like five to ten minutes and you know it wouldn't oh, take that long on you on yours yeah no no <laughs> try 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 30 seconds but she's just like oh no this this guy's is he's no good so she started uh texting me basically like no you're wrong this is like uh you know um here's my opinion and she you know um and and it actually became uh kind of like an audition or she's like asking kind of requiring that I audition to see her to have more contact with her um and she was sending me videos and and different kind of like homework to do and whatnot mm -hmm. and uh <laughs> and so anyway uh things just kind of fizzled out you know what i mean like as soon as i got the got the sense that like um i there was like a, a threshold that i needed needed to pass um mm -hmm. a, of agreement you know um and mm -hmm. then we would only continue with the uh, coupling, you know, after I'd reached that threshold. I, I just, I didn't think I had it in me. But, um, but I guess what what I'll say is like um, the attitude I tried to uh, approach it with, both before uh, we started this conversation and kind of quasi debate that lasted a couple of days over over uh, text and stuff, um, is I don't need her to meet to meet me where I am. Um, and I actually have a tremendous amount of compassion and like fond feeling for her, even in her different political perspective, um, because, um, you know, it, she has uh, family and friends over there in, in Israel. And, uh, it you know, these subjects are very like close to her heart and very close to kind of like enmeshed with her family and kind of like the way that she's uh, been raised and kind of like she's lived her whole life. And uh, and, you know, I. I think a lot of her as a human being, even if I uh, really disagree with her on some of like, you know, uh, some of her points and ultimately what all of this ended up, uh, the, the, the sum of all this was that we just stopped talking to each other. And uh, I think we're still friends on social media, but like um, at this point in time, clearly we're not going to be able to like uh, build a sturdy bridge or anything. But I thought I, I thought I would give it a shot. I wanted to give it my best shot at just, uh, you know, not but trying to be right or wrong, uh, not erasing myself either. Right. But just kind of um, mm -hmm. um, make trying to communicate, I suppose. I don't know. Does anything come? Does that intersect at all with what we're talking about today? 
it sounds like it sounds like you did good and i mean and and you brought up something that's really important is when you talk about who she is and who where her her people are and and and, and family and friends and stuff one of the things we need to do when we're in diff even even in polar opposite places with people politically is understand we don't know what it's like to be that person you know we haven't grown up in that person's shoes we you know it's it's like everybody makes sense at some level you know it, it, it just um and I think that's that's a that's being compassionate to you and to her, her at the same time. It reminds me a lot of Marshall Rosenberg's uh, nonviolent communication. If you if you haven't read that book, you should read that book because because uh, or if you, if you haven't read it, what I always say about nonviolent communication with Marshall Rosenberg. If, you, if I haven't read that book recently, I need to I need to read it because it is it is uh, it is so. I don't know. I don't know. You're familiar with it, right, Joe? Oh yeah, it's, for sure. It's like I mean, it's it's so simple, but yeah. but it's like it's it's deep. It's like when I when I when I listen to that and I think about that and I think about think, the things that that this man has has actually accomplished and done. It's like it's like he just goes he just goes beyond what you know. I, I I aspire to to be a better person in that way, you know, and 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 along the lines of what we're doing here, and not compare myself and beat myself up that I'm not Marshall Rosenberg. But it's like the idea that I can learn I can learn a lot from him. But but this man can have a he can have a conversation with anybody, uh, and it's going to work out. It's going to work out to the better. Yeah, and uh, I mean. As a society, maybe, we are becoming more uh, polarized in some areas where mm -hmm. it's in my home group, I, I see it, right? People aren't behaving a certain way. So are we going to ban them? So easy to do in a Zoom meeting. Click. Mm -hmm. They're gone, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where in a face-to-face -face meeting, you'd have to have a talk with them, say what's mm -hmm. going on for you, you know, like it'd be a more in involved thing. But mm -hmm. uh, the power is in our mouse. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and wow. uh, only a keystroke wow. away. And um, it seems harder and harder sometimes to hold space for people that completely... Uh, disagree with us on on certain levels because somebody has to be right and the truth is nobody has to be right and and probably none of us are completely right right yeah um i hmm. I've, I've definitely had an evolution in that uh since covid since 2020 since uh we all started doing zoom as a result of not being able to see each other face to face and um i remember like i would uh get into these disagreements with like um some members of my home group about like you know there were like some pretty gnarly like uh, you know like white supremacist type people and stuff who would like you know come in and and uh and because of social media you know um you would be aware i would be aware of like kind of who more about who this person is than maybe like the the meetings of yesteryear and then that would kind of like put me in a tizzy about like well what is our what is our responsibility to each other to kind of like exclude um certain people and opinions and whatnot and, and certainly um the opinions you know as stated in the uh the rules you know for conduct you know in the meetings themselves you know i mean ought to be honored right and every meeting's different and yada, yada yada but like i think i don't know i i want to be able to have this conversation 
a conversation with as many people as possible. And I want to exclude as few types of people and as types of thought, I suppose, from like my, I, 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 I guess that's what I'm trying to get at is that rightness and wrongness and, and taking into account what you guys just said about like, you know, is it even possible to be entirely wrong <laughs> or entirely right? Um, it, I, I, I just feel like a, like we've said in previous shows, a yes and rather than a no but yeah, mentality yeah. towards uh, our um, socializing, especially in recovery spaces where you're really trying to keep people a part of the body as much as possible um, to save their lives, you know, I think is, uh, you know, it's, it's important. Well, it's also important. I said earlier, we can be a fundamentalist anything. And, and it's like, if we understand that, that, that I, as I, at least I do, I believe uh, is, is that fundamentalism, you know, and, and polarization is these are, these are definitions of the, of the bigger, bigger problems. And so the idea that, that those, those, you know, and I, and I do think this is, this is a judgment, but I think those of us who are more on a liberal side of that kind of tend to tend to think of ourselves as, as, as not being a part of that, you know, but we are, you know, it's, it's like, if I'm honest about my thinking, it's like, I have very, very sharp judgment thoughts about people who believe, you know, uh, radically different things than I do. So it's like, it doesn't mean I need to change what I'm thinking, but, but I need to realize I'm not actually heal. I'm not healing the, I'm not, I'm not closing the gulf there by, by just taking that position either. And, you know, I don't know the answer. I mean, cause I don't think that means we have to reach out and have every conversation that, you know, is going to be difficult to have, but it's, it's um, I, I do think there's a value and, and being able to have relationship beyond that. Um, you, you, you remember, you remember Patrick, when I was talking about my friend, it's been you know, a few years now, my friend, Tom from Dallas, that is, is my, one of my closest friends who, who was, he, in, he died of uh, pancreatic cancer. And I mean, it's politically, we could not have been more polar opposite. These guys, this guy, he, this guy, you know, I, I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, I mean, he, at one point told me, you know, he believed that, that Barack Obama was a socialist and wanted, wanted to get his money and give it to the people who had less money and i what i suggested to him was why don't you go ahead and start by giving me some of your money now because i because <laughs> i <laughs> i said because I, you have a lot of money i don't and so why, why don't you go ahead and hand it over but uh boy do i wish tom was telling the truth there <laughs> <right>. <laughs> that's the obama we, i want to see yeah 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 well they, they uh um but but basically you know we we let that go. We had a, we had a third friend who basically played a referee and kept and called us on, on it when we would get into it and just say, you guys stop it, you know? And, you know, all I, all I can say is, I mean, we didn't accomplish anything, uh, you know, peace on earth or anything, but I can say that all these years later, I miss him as deeply as much as I miss anybody on this planet. And, and I loved him dearly. Um, and and I don't and I don't have any I'm not any closer to agreeing with any idea of thing he thought politically at this point. You know, I I would still, in my opinion, if I'm being arrogant, if I let my arrogant self talk, I'm laughing and 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 you know, basically judging what he's saying. It's like, but I did I've not but I loved him. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love him, yeah. In the present the, the yeah. challenge for me is to see people uh with positive regard and to be curious. Uh, yep. But I somehow they become so simple and I'm so complicated. 
you know, <laughs> what women, they differ from me, right? You know, and that's uh, right. That's what, oh, God. Yeah. Right now, I, I just uh, finished uh, and posted uh, a, a podcast and blog of, about sort of a sort of a year end look at what's going on in the AA community. And mm -hmm. right now, there's a, a big, heated, heartfelt debate over the primary literature. Should it be preserved exactly as is, like, you know, a Shakespearean word for wordness, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. should it be um, replaced with a, a contemporary, uh, you know, current uh, culture, current science approach to uh, addiction and recovery, and people who feel that we have to preserve it or AA will perish, love AA just as much as the people who say we have to change it, we're going to become extinct if we leave it the same. Mm -hmm. uh, they love AA and want it to continue forever. We just don't all agree on uh, the the the, the right path forward. And, and one of you two said what the real answer is, why is it one or the other? Why not mm -hmm. do both? Have the legacy big book and the uh, modern day uh, mm -hmm. version of Alcoholics mm -hmm. Anonymous. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why each group can't pick the book they want. Like there is no format for an AA meeting that it has to read a certain thing or it's not allowed to read a certain thing. Mm -hmm. Nothing's forbidden. Nothing's mm -hmm. sacred. Why can't we just try a number of new things? And again, it's that, well, what if we tried something new and it didn't work? What if it worked more poorly than the existing thing? Well, then do it let again. It <laughs> yeah, change a little, do a little bit of it, or let it go. It doesn't matter. It's, it's like yeah. just whatever you do, just, you know, because, I mean, again, that's what we're, the definition of addiction, continue to do the same thing, expecting, you know, better results. It's like, it's like, like you know, damn. I, you see, you keep coming back to curiosity, Joe, and that's it, man. I think um, the my, my thinking is curiosity is the first of all. We'll go back to the other word I used, which is curi curiosity is the primary ingredient in respect. You know, yeah. it's like curiosity basically is is the antidote to assumption. It's is mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's and judgment. It's like let's get curious. How you know? And what you said is, and this we could do this with with po politics too. It's like does, who? Oh, I you know, I, do I love? Do I do I love you know my country better more than somebody who has an opposite view of me? I mean, it's like pro no, probably not. That's not that's not what the problem is. That's not what the issue is. The issue is we can't. It's we can't stay in conversation long enough to accomplish anything together because we judge each other yeah well yeah, yeah. and you know uh rightness or wrongness i guess uh you know um taking uh each with a grain of sand or a grain of salt grain of salt right that's the expression yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you can take it with a grain of sand it, it's that, that's that's not wrong okay <laughs> okay <laughs> but um uh, a person can and be if right or wrong. Yeah, it's okay to be wrong. Oh, thanks so much, we guys. Love you yeah. For who you are, because you're enough. But yeah, but like, I, I guess what I, maybe what I, we're getting at is that, like, um, 
you know, being right does not need to be a prerequisite for us to have uh, these connections with people. And I also, I, you know, it's not, we're not saying to be allergic to having opinions, right? It's like, you can have your opinions no. and you can try to pursue, you know, a truth, you know, that makes sense to you. Um, but uh, it need not, I suppose, kind of exclude, um, I don't know, other ideas, other other well, like kind of contrasting well, well opinions. Well, learn learn from our own experience of growth too, because when you said that, what I realized one of the things that's different about me now than when I was in my more, you know, fundamentalist uh, position is it, like it's it's like if I tell you things I believe right now, I could I really believe those things. But the, if if you say are you are you are you are you certain that you're going to believe the same things two years or five years from now, I would say no. I may be, I may I may have very different ideas and belief systems by then because I'm I'm constantly changing. Welcome, Alan. Great to see you. Well, let me just update you in terms of what's going on right now. So, please, mm -hmm. this is the final day of the three day trauma intensive workshop I'm doing with the somatic therapist, mm -hmm. and I am blown away at the work we've done these last two and a half days. I mean, literally, I mean it's such a deep level i mean one guy shared a trauma that i was the only other person he ever talked to about what happened in his life and after he talked about it and the work the piece of work he did in this group man he looks like a different guy i mean mm -hmm. transformation so i'm sitting here with so much excitement about what's right right now you know also appreciating i mean it's you know what what i i'm doing the workshop here at the house you guys saw you you two guys saw the apartment i have joe's mm -hmm, gonna mm -hmm. kind of get joe down for this next trauma workshop on a scholarship yes yes please finally finally straighten joe out i'm gonna mm -hmm. finally have a chance joe's going mm -hmm. yes please 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 somebody mm -hmm. come along and do i'm it. ready i'm ready mm -hmm. too i'm waiting for this to happen um uh, but it you know what's also cool it's I realize how much my mother in some obviously negative ways impact my life, but in a positive way. She used to open up her house to everybody. And she used to love having people in the house and cooking for people and making them comfortable and hosting them. And I've got 12 people wandering around my home and it feels wonderful. Hmm. I it just feels like I've got extended family here now. And and I, I hadn't realized how, because, you know, when I was married to Jess, uh, my ex was not comfortable with that stuff. She mm -hmm. was very, very socially uncomfortable. And so I kind of muted that part of me to try to, uh, to cooperate with where she was at. But I realized is that I love that, man. I just mm -hmm. love last night we had. 12 people sitting around the dinner table and it was great, man. It was mm. just so right. I'm really having a very, very powerful experience, both at the professional level in terms of the work I've done and how I've been able to uh, create some incredible experiences for people, as well as to learn from this somatic therapist. She's very good. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us like the, the kind of uh, macro of how, uh, how the emotional sobriety and the somatic therapy kind of intersect? Well, it's about freedom, right? It's all about personal freedom and establishing some personal freedom. So one of the cool things that she's been doing is interspersed, like we start out the sessions, which with she comes in with some somatic work, right? Mm -hmm. well, it sounds like that's going to be all heavy, does it? But it's not. Like, I'll give you an example of, of, of a game she got everybody to play. 
So you guys are familiar with rock, paper, scissors, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you go up to someone in a group and you go rock, paper, scissors. If you win, they have to go behind you and and start to form a chain, right? Mm-hmm. Like a cha line, right? Mm-hmm. Go up to the next person. And if they win, then you have to become part of their cha-cha line. So mm-hmm. at the end, there's two groups, right? Left, right? One person mm-hmm. with about four people on it, the other person with about five people on it or six people. They do the thing. And so whoever wins now has this big, long line of 12 people. And then they cha-cha through the whole room together and mm-hmm. dance. Mm-hmm. I mean, here you see these adults ranging from 40-ish, late 30s to 70 years old, laughing mm-hmm. their heads off and mm-hmm. being kids. In the midst of an hour earlier, an hour later, they're sitting there crying their eyes out or yeah. screaming with someone that abused them and dealing with it. So what I've loved about what she's done, she's also done some great work on a somatic level with people in terms of getting their body more engaged. But what she's done is brought this balance between going into this heavy space and still in a, not in a spiritually bypass way, going into this other side of our human experience of enjoying each other and laughing. Mm-hmm. And being able to enjoy each other's connections. So it's yeah. friggin' delightful. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been so rewarding to me. And it's really, it's, I think I've needed it as much as all the participants in the group has needed this thing. It's really bet. It's, it's, ther- it's therapeutic all around. Yep. It is real. And look at the girls for the girls. You know, Jess's energy was much more socially inhibited, and they have a little of that. Well, they have warmed up to this group. Uh, I mean, Maddie took her bird up and showed everybody the bird yesterday, invited everybody. <laughs> we did sparklers last night out on the grass. I mean, she was in the kitchen helping this one person who came over to cook for us for two nights, Teresa, cutting up everything and helping prepare and serve. And Cece was serving people on a, a roller skates. Oh, beautiful. Amazing. Perfect. That's perfect. I mean, so it's really wonderful to see the whole family, right? See the girls just get involved in life and to be able to appreciate relationships and what they mean. So this has really been, you're right, Tom, therapeutic all around for the whole family. Mm -hmm. That's good. Including Rocky, Tom. Rocky enjoys having people around. You know, he gets a lot of pets from a lot of different folks. Oh, I bet. Yes. I, you know, I was going to ask about Rocky recently. I was thinking about him. He's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the never-ending story, but there's that big, like, furry dragon that flies people around. And anyway, he kind of reminds me of that because he's so big and he's got that mm-hmm. shaggy white fur. And, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a very good boy, that Rocky. Is the never-ending story over? <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> the first night, so we decided we'd have dinners together, right? <laughs> the first night we all made pizzas. Oh wow. We made Amazing. our own pizzas. So everybody got a tray and a cauliflower pizza crust, and everybody made their own pizzas. Cool. Amazing. Really cool. Gluten free. You just got to see the the individuality of everybody getting expressed, right? Some people mm-hmm. threw the stuff on there that I'd never throw on a pizza. And mm-hmm. South African guy, right? One of the but so we've had we've got people here from South Africa, from Canada, 
from California. That those are the weirdest folks, the California. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Be included. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, so I'm just I'm just bringing a lot of excitement and joy in terms of what's going on right now. You know what cool. comes up for me, Alan, is um because I've I've thought about this in the context of my own struggles, but like um I have a lot of downtime. And by downtime I mean just very I guess pessimist on some level or just very kind of like the space in between the notes where I'm uh, just sitting with my grief over losses. And in my case, it's uh, physical, uh, you know, it's infirmity and it's mm -hmm. uh, the loss of a relationship and different things. Um, and I know that you've had some downtime as well uh, this year, uh, but God, this like experience you're having right now with all of the people and like, you know, um, and and not just having all those people around, but like the things that you're engaged with are just so like upbeat and kind of like um, therapeutic, like you said. Um, mm -hmm. It just reminds me in the context of my own stuff that like you got to hold out because, you know, those up, those very up, those very engaged, those very kind of like socialized experiences, uh, they may seem far away, but they're on the horizon. But you need to kind of like be willing to go through some, a little bit of trench warfare to get there. Right. That, I mean, I don't know. Does does that ever occur to you? It's during really like positive uh, times like this. Yeah, very much so. It's it's all one thing. It's it's a connected thing. It's like and one of the things that's it's it's hard to do, is but but important to do is is remember that going forward, so that so that the purpose the the point of life is not always the highs. It's like that, and so that, that, that so that the next time I'm in I'm in those 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 down places or those difficult places or those even boring places, it's like I know that the, it's all part of the same the same system the same the uh, it's my life, and um, my job is to be present in whatever it is right now. Just show up. You don't just have to just come show up, answers. Joe. That's right. Show up. Just be curious. <laughs> Man, whenever I could just show up for something without having to think about it too much, God, that helps me so much. Like, because uh, uh, my thinking about things, I don't know, I tend to get led into some pretty sticky areas, you know. And well, uh, that's yeah. that's a good place to tell you. That's a great example that uh, that everybody here can can agree with me. I bet you is like is as far as just showing up. If you just show up, you're enough. Mm -hmm. You know. And and by the by the way, if if you need a uh, you know, and I, maybe maybe I'm being too too positive about myself here, but if you need a model for just showing up as opposed to wor worrying about things too much or preparing too much, and all the things that we do together, I never prepare shit. You know, I, you know, I, 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 ne I never do. It's like, I don't know how to prepare. And it's like, I, I, and I gave up on doing that a long time ago. You know, I, I learned things. I, I, I explore things in, in my time and do that. And then I, then, but I, sh you know, and if I tried to prepare something, I never get to it. It's like, it's like, I just show up and I see myself as somebody who can bounce off of any one of you guys and be a part, yeah. or be a, be a, be a, a part of the conversation. And it's like, I, that that's to me that's just me showing up you know believing that i'm enough the way i am hmm. so you, i think you're that way too patrick well uh i talked to somebody that you work with tom recently and um mm -hmm. they uh they uh had such glowing things to say about like you know your intuitive capacity and kind of like the ways in which you'd help them um mm -hmm. to get over uh to get through some struggles 
Um, and uh, so whatever you're doing, it seems to be working for you or working for other people too. <laughs> just, just showing up. Yeah. Being the, being the best version of myself I can be. And uh, yeah. And just and, and keep, and keep learning. And Alan, just to bring you up to speed. Uh, so in the context of emotional sobriety, we, we were discussing rightness and wrongness and kind of like um, the desire or the kind of like compulsion to feel that we're right about something uh, or at least not wrong about it. And kind of like um, how emotional sobriety, what we can bring of emotional sobriety to that, to kind of like have a more healthy relationship with like, our, you know, the very real, real, uh, real thing that like, we're going to be wrong most of the time. And what does that say about us, right? Well, let me say a few things about it, because I do have to go back up to the workshop in about 10 minutes or so. So um, this is what I'm coming to in my life with all of this stuff. Clearly, there is right and wrong in my mind, right? So, for example, one of the people in the workshop had an incredibly, incredibly abusive mother. And it was so hard for her to say that what her mother did to her was wrong because she felt like she'd be disloyal to claim that her mother was wrong. And <clears throat> when you know, we were able to differentiate a little bit about that. You're saying that your mother's mothering was wrong, but we're not saying that your mother was a bad person. It's just that what she did to you was wrong. Is People can do wrong things and still be okay people. In fact, no one amongst us can claim that we haven't done something wrong and hurtful and, and, and been selfish at some point in our life and and been inconsiderate or, you know, whatever. You know, every one of us is, have done things like that. But the bottom line is, is that it's so, first of all, important to differentiate the person from their behavior and for us to be able to differentiate ourselves from our behavior, right? I mean, that becomes a very important thing. Another thing, though, is it's also important to be able to suspend right and wrong. And to move to a place, um, Rumi has this great little poem that goes, there's a field out there somewhere that's beyond right and wrong. Let's meet there. Let's meet there. Hmm. Is there a map? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the idea uh, that it's, hey, it's, that's that's the Holy Grail. If you want to talk yeah. about what is the Holy yeah. Grail, baby, it's let's go on a journey to find that Holy Grail, right? Yeah. I'd, I'd love to be able to integrate that in my life. So what I'm thinking is that it's important to hold both of those realities, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I'm going through, I think that the, you know, not necessarily, you know, just not wanting to be married to me any wrong, me any anymore is wrong. But I think the way she went about it was really wrong and has done a lot of damage in this family. So I can still see that. I can still say that, look, you're not a bad person, but this was really damaging to our family and stuff and, and will be for a long, long time. You know, and, you, you know, Tom, you know that in terms mm -hmm. of not only what divorce does, but what betrayal does in a family, man. It, yep. The reverberation is incredible. Yep. yep. So, you know, it's it's being able to hold that space, you know. <laughs> It's sometimes it's easier than said than done. When I get protected of the girls, man, I want to make her really wrong. I mean, 
Trust mm-hmm. me, man. I get so, so protective of CC and Maddie in this whole thing. And I'm sure that's also me protecting my little boy that was so hurt at 11 years old. I'm not, I'm not. Absolutely. Not. Yeah. But yeah. look, the very important conversation, because for a long time, I used to get a lot of self-esteem in, in one in being right. And, and somehow that's the only way I could feel good about myself. And it was a real piss poor way of feeling good because no. I'm right. Somebody else has got to be wrong. And that's, that's not who I want to be anymore. But so, that that's good. That, that fits, that fits right into what we were discussing and what we were say, saying about that too, is the idea that that's the, that's not the source of self-esteem being right. That's, that's it's not a, you know, find, find better sources of self-esteem, like learning, growing. Right. And that's, what's so miraculous to me or inspiring about, you know, the, the context that you emerged from Alan, you know, it's the Marines and it's uh competitive sports is uh, seasoned in there too. And uh, a lot of like sharp uh, pointy edges in that, in those, but like, you don't have that binary understanding of um, life. And that place isn't a place. It's a state of mind, right? Right. Beyond right and wrong. It's inside us always. It's it's it's, it's about get, you know, yeah. It's like that's when we say that something's not you know the recovery is not a destination or peace is not a destination. It's like it just runs down the center of us, and we're and we we're, we're working on on living as close to that center as we possibly can. And we're human beings, so it's not ever going to be perfect. I, I was going to ask today when the the workshop was because I thought it was. Uh double digit numbers the dates <laughs> yeah it's not so we'll, i'll let you know when the next one is and you know the other thing i want to throw out to all of you guys now that you know my life is starting to settle down we were talking about doing this emotional sobriety kind of weekend um at labor my, day thing yeah labor day mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and i'd like to reintroduce that because now i'm going to have this beautiful pool in the backyard where people would be able to swim and enjoy even on a hot day, go cool off and stuff like that. And there'll be a little place for us to play some music on Joe, a stage that we can put that'll have some uh, possibilities for us to set up a band and stuff like that and enjoy that. And so um, let's work on a date and start to figure out how we want to do it. There's four, you know, three acres of land behind my house and there's plenty of room for people to come and camp. And so amazing. I can get a permit. I found out how to do that last year when we were talking about it. I don't think it'll be a big yeah. thing because the great thing about my permit is there won't be any alcohol involved. Yeah, yes. that's right. No liquor license. No, no need to discuss that. So, and there's room on my property for a lot of people to park. So we can figure all that out too. So I'm going to sign off you guys. I love you all, Joe. Was, thanks for joining us today. And I look forward to the next time. And Let's keep rocking and rolling, guys. All right, guys. Well, um, I'm going to make sure I include, Joe, uh, in the show notes, uh, your latest podcast, because that sounds like it dovetails perfectly with a lot of what we discussed here today. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, um, like if we can't, like step one, mm-hmm. what what is that other than admitting we're wrong about things, right? That's you right. Know, you know, and uh, it, it, it it all begins with that and and it's a necessary skill at every step of the journey of life right mm-hmm. and tom uh, i wanted to throw it out um you've got some projects in the mix right and maybe there's some i think you may have uh, released um some writing recently that maybe we can kind of like remind people of for the holiday in case um you know they're wanting to bone up on their 
being a good personhood? I this is a this is perversely this is a bad thing to have to say, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, if, if, if I, I have I, been I I have <laughs> I have been putting some stuff out there because uh, it's the holidays, and I have two two gift books that that are very I think are good gifts. But one's one's called uh, "What Love Is," and the other one's called "The Greater Possibilities." I, I wrote them some time yeah. ago, but I, yeah. I have I have been putting that information out as I do during the holidays because they make they make uh, they make good gift uh, gifts. I love and I love being you know somebody's gift under the tree. Both books still have that new car smell. Yes, and and they they and and they fall into the category of, of books I've written for people who don't read books. Mm. So you know, they, <laughs> one, one, one page at a time kind of thing. It, I, I had a I had a person who contacted me and said pointed out that I write bathroom books, and you know, and I and I I think I did put a, a post out there about that and just saying that rather than, I thought maybe I should be offended by that, but the truth is. She, she what she said was she had uh, she had got bought uh, what love is uh, for her husband uh, uh, I think last last Christmas, and she said he he looked at it and read a couple of things and put it back on the coffee table, and that was it. And she said then she put it in the bathroom, and the next thing that she knows that that he's actually making comments about the book, uh, and even even mentioned in certain page numbers and stuff. So so uh, so I decided well, I'm just going to promote these things as bathroom books. And uh, and and what, what what better way to get a man to read a book than to put it yeah. in the bathroom? Well, right? that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was going to say is that there's actually few pl places of reading more privileged than the bathroom. So if your book <laughs> makes it in there, then you're ahead of the curve. Well, yeah, yeah. She said she, the other book is called The Greater Possibilities, and and she she ended her her last note with me saying, uh, th "This year I'm going to get the greater possibilities for my other bathroom." <laughs> Yeah. And I just want to say, um, I, uh, it's becoming more and more frequently now, which like I'm over the moon about, but like, I will get emails and messages from listeners, um, from different countries, you know, from different places, mm -hmm. people I've never met before. I people, I was mm -hmm. not aware, uh, had been listening to what we do week to week. And it really like, it's the last thing I expected for some reason. I don't know why, because we've been doing this a little while. So our, our reach yeah. will expand, but like, it's just so nice from hearing hearing from you guys um, that the show um, is meaningful to you and that uh, you're getting yeah. something out of it. And uh, well, I, I will endeavor to just keep making things that re find some resonance with you and uh, help with our overall emotional sobriety. So thank you. Yeah, for like I've never missed an episode. Like I'm, uh, I count myself amongst the biggest well, fans thank of you, the Joe. show. Wow, <laughs> you're uh, patient zero. <laughs> yeah, that's well, beautiful. Uh, Thank you. Well, uh, thanks so much, guys. And uh, until next time. That's enough. <laughs> Tinge your life. Tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you